You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. back to the i'm there podcast guys we are here for episode 28 where we will be talking about avengers endgame we want to wrap up this whole arc uh we did the infinity war episode a while ago and we've kind of took took a bunch of detours before we came back to to avengers but just want to wrap it up with endgame and that way we also open ourselves up to be able to talk about loki and captain falcon and the winter soldier not captain falcon but i was about to say his name is not captain falcon <laughs> not captain falcon but you know what i mean black falcon and the winter soldier i don't and, think his uh, name is black falcon <laughs> didn't the kid call him black falcon or something the kid like that call, that's my favorite part of the series yeah there's a part where he was like hey yo it's black falcon he's like black i'm just the falcon he's like no my dad said you're black falcon <laughs> he's like what are you a black kid yeah uh but yeah we're gonna be talking about avengers endgame and i guess we'll start off with so how how are you kenny how have you been i'm uh, i'm doing pretty good doing pretty good my legs hurt from running uh yesterday doing your couch to 5k yeah yeah i um last week i'm i last week was a bad week i wasn't able to get a lot of it done i met i only ran like i think twice last week Uh, last week was bad but um i'm going i'm going good i'm doing it every other day uh at first we were like in the beginning you do it three days a week and you take off on the weekends but now you can still do it that way but now i decided i'm just going to do it literally every other day and not take a two-day break yeah um but yeah yesterday i ran 20 minutes like 22 minutes straight without a break and uh you know it's not fun (laughs) especially when you go 22 minutes i don't think with my asthmatic ass lungs i don't (laughs) even think i could run 22 minutes without a break period Dog, the uphill is not fun. <laughs> uphill is the worst. Are you just running but, in your area? Yeah, I just run like a route uh, in my neighborhood. And um, I mapped the route out to have as little uphill as possible. It took a couple tries because I've been running you know, every other day. And I, I, I had some bad days with a lot of uphill. So I think I've mapped out a route that has as little uphill as possible, but they're yeah. still uphill and it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Well, at least you know you're burning the most calories when you're doing that shit yeah it's just rough yeah um so one of the things that i wanted to cover is we have a couple of listener letters or things that people have written to us that we weren't able to get to one because yeah we went through my whole sick period in october uh and it is yep. when this episode drops it will be november 1st so october was a pretty much a wash for the podcast in general we only did a few episodes just because i was really ill and before that, we were doing guest episodes, which I don't do listener letters on guest episodes, just because mm-hmm. those episodes already have so much content to them with three people yep. that uh, we usually don't have enough time to even get to listener letters. But oh, we, real quick, ahead. before you read the first one, I wanted to say there is another thing I did recently. Uh, I beat Near Automata. And that game, if you guys don't know, is made by Square Enix. That game's fucking incredible. If you like, it's an action RPG. It's fucking incredible. I never I, heard of it. At some point, we got to do like a near episode. I don't know. I'll like 
fucking force you to play it or something. I don't know. It's yeah, I don't, real good. I've never even heard of it. I'm surprised. And it's Square Enix too, and I love Square Enix, but I don't I don't know anything about that. Yeah, but that's something we'll get to later. Yeah, I'll watch a trailer for it. Uh, okay, so the first one that I want to get to, because this is the oldest one, and it comes from one of our patrons at the highest tier, um, Leon. So he said, <laughs> forewarning, this is going to be a long one, so I'll try to stay on topic and get to the point with all my comments and questions. Anyway, let's go back to RPGs for a moment, and I want to ask Kenny a question. So he says, Kenny, you mentioned you love difficult games in that category, but there's no mention of Dark Souls. This game is insanely hard for people to have no idea what's going on. I have a friend who couldn't even get past the tutorial level. Jesus. Then he goes on to say, now to more recent topics, Kingdom Hearts 3. I personally love the combat system, even though I really miss drive forms. I'm still able to do some unfair things like frame trap bosses and take selfies with them. But unfortunately, the whole first half of the game was damn near irrelevant. And in my opinion, the game's story didn't pick up until you reach Aqua. In terms of lack of Final Fantasy characters... I heard a rumor a while ago that the next main installment of the game would feature worlds from Square Enix, so we wouldn't need to wait 10 plus years due to licensing issues. And that can also match up with what happens in the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 3. Sora and Smash was hype as fuck. I immediately assumed it was Sora when Mario stepped forward because it resembled the first step Sora took in the original Kingdom Hearts after the opening cinematic. Lastly, I still owe Frazier a match in quick draw dandy warrior format. We'll work that out soon. Hell yeah. All right. To, to touch on a couple of those things. In terms of Dark Souls, Dark Souls, yeah, unfortunately, is one of the games I haven't played much uh, in terms of like genre of games that I would usually really like. Uh, and there's not not really for any particular reason. It's just I never really got around to it. I've dabbled in it briefly, but not enough to really say that I've experienced the game. Uh, it's a game that I'm a lot of people have been asking me to play. So I'm going to play slash stream it eventually i just yeah. kind of don't know it's just i never got around to it honestly um but it's a game that i i do have to play because i think i'd like it and a lot of people tell me to play it i'm so. gonna play the dark souls game but i swear the only thing i ever hear about dark souls is the difficulty which is yeah to me well, a little off-putting that that's the only thing i know about dark souls is that it's a supposedly a hard game one thing i will say about it now once it, this isn't my opinion this is, if you guys heard the Kingdom Hearts episodes, this is Anthony's opinion. Uh, he similarly, I remember he told me a story. Um, one of his coworkers was like, you won't, he was like, I'll lend you Dark Souls and I'll give you a month to beat it and you won't beat it. And Ant was like, it's never taken me a month to beat anything in my life. He was like, there's yeah. no, he was like, if you get, anyway, so he played it, like it didn't take him a month to beat it. Um, but he, similar, everybody's telling him how hard it was. And he was like, the game was fun. But to him, a lot of the difficulty wasn't necessarily, like, hard. It was just, like, oh, you took the wrong turn and a boulder fell on your head. Okay, you died. Right. And, and then you know um, now how to approach that situation. Yeah. But that said, um, I will be playing Dark Souls at some point. Uh, I don't know when. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then he talks about the Kingdom Hearts 3. And, like, so I do agree with Kingdom Hearts 3, the beginning of the game just kind of being whatever, and then you get to the aqua part and there's more story development in general. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 does, we, we we talked about it in the exclusive Kingdom Hearts episode, but like it, you know, it has its problems very clearly. One yeah. of them is that there is a lack of Final Fantasy. I do think that that is a problem because I, because Kingdom Hearts initially, like with the way it was sold to us, right, was a Final Fantasy X Disney crossover game. That is the way we first received the game 
and the yep. second game. So like, there's nothing wrong with people complaining about not having Final Fantasy characters in the third game that took ten years, ten plus years to actually get. Uh, so I, we like Kenny and I, like Anthony, we all we all feel that that the whole yeah. like, and not Final Fantasy thing. A lot of the story points were there were some story points that I thought were really cool, but yeah, overall there was some disappointment. I also I do really like the combat system in that game. Uh, but yeah. also on the Final Fantasy note, I think I said it in the episode. I think one of the biggest, in addition to it missing Final Fantasy characters, the fact that it doesn't have a Sephiroth fight, I think, is a blemish yeah. on the game. Because <laughs> true. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, one of the most iconic things is that Sephiroth fight. Like yeah. That Final Fantasy crossover, like Final Fantasy being part of Kingdom Hearts, and that Sephiroth fight is so huge. I like, do literally look forward to it. Like I, or I should say... So once it happened again in Kingdom Hearts 2, I was like, oh, this is just going to be a thing. Like, right? Yeah. You know, now it's twice, two in a row. And when I when I was playing 3, I was like, yo, he's going to be ridiculous in this game because I was thinking about how powerful you are. Yeah. Like, Sora is so ridiculous. And th- I mean, this is the most powerful that Sora's ever been, honestly. Like, 3 is just, he's out of control in 3. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm thinking to myself, well, Sephiroth, in order to combat that, is going to have to be an equal amount of outrageous and then, you know, there just wasn't. It's just one. not there. It's yeah. it's really, I guess, like weird because I'm playing through the game, right? And at first, like the first half of my playthrough, I don't really suspect anything. But then as I'm getting closer to what I feel like is the end, I'm like, man, I still haven't been to Radiant Garden. Like I, I thought at some point, because there's cutscenes where you see like Riku and stuff at Radiant Garden. Yeah. And I was like, I still haven't even been to Radiant Garden. And then on top of that, I was like, I haven't seen a Final Fantasy character yet. And I'm like, because same, I was like excited for the post game Sephiroth fight. Because before, as I'm playing the game, you know, I don't, ha- I'm not looking things up. I don't know that Final Fantasy characters aren't in the game yet. Right. Like, as Me, I'm playing, I had no idea. I'm playing through it. And I'm like, I haven't seen like Squall or Yuffie or Tifa. Yeah. And then like you beat the whole game and like there's no Sephiroth fight and you're just kind of like, what? How? Yeah. How? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a uh, it's a weird one. But he does. Uh, Leo mentions the rumors of actual final fantasy world in one of the next games which would be fucking hype as hell and we did talk about that as yeah. well as the possibility of actual final fantasy worlds that would be insane um th- i mean that would honestly like make me completely forget about everything that i did not like about three like if they gave us a kingdom hearts game that is more final fantasy focused than disney that would be so fucking hype to me i don't even like i, I can't even really imagine the overload of like oh you're in final fantasy 8 right now or like yeah. you're in final fantasy 7 you're in midgar or like wherever like you're in final fantasy you're in besaid and stuff like that and that would just be nuts it would it would be absolutely yo nuts. give me give me a blitzball mini game again with yes. sora like sora snapping snapping in some blitzball <laughs> i need it all that would be fucking sick so i would really really hope for that and uh as far as uh, our match in the quick draw format, the thing is the 75th Shonen Jump Championship. Um, yeah, we can definitely do the, the quick draw Dandy Warrior format. Like Speaking I said, of, I gotta format, play Quest, I think. Yes, you're gonna play Quest. That's gonna be a f- pretty f- a fun match that we will get scheduled now that I'm like getting healthy again and everything. Um, I'll give you a crash course on the deck that you'll be playing, and then we'll actually uh record that duel. And then me and Leon will play that format that has like legit eight different decks in it <laughs> mm. so that'll be cool uh all right so i want to go to the other listener letters from another one of our patrons austin and let's just see so by the way if you guys want us to read anything aloud on the show 
um, just send it to I am their podcast at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on here. So this is on the Squid Game episode. And he said, uh, I finally called up after downloading the ones I missed to listen to on vacation. I guess just talking about some of the I am their episodes. And he says, this was definitely one of those shows I had to pace myself or I would binge it and not sleep. Uh, that's that's exactly what happened to me, by the way. I I did not pace myself. I started it kind of just like, I don't know why I started it, but I started it at like midnight or 1 a.m. And that was the worst a bad time idea. to start a show. That was a bad That's idea. The absolute was, worst time. It was such a bad idea because when it got to 5 a.m., I realized that I didn't want to stop. I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking 5 a.m. Uh, but yeah, so I know, I know, I know that feeling. So he says, honestly, even knowing uh, he was one of the guys running it, Ilnan was definitely my favorite. However, being that old and losing my mind, I would take the same risks as them because why not have a little fun before going out? Also feel you guys about not trying new games. Other than getting back into playing competitively, I really haven't been interested in new releases except for a couple. Actually, only one new game. The others are remasters slash remakes. So, uh, I it's been a while, but I I guess we talked about not playing new games like that. I don't. I think I don't yeah. I think we just mentioned that there's just like yeah. I don't 100 percent remember what we said. But yeah, the only reason I'm, I'm questioning that is because like you and I have played a couple new games recently. Um, we, we played Bravely Default two this year. We played Monster Hunter Rise this year, and I went back to God of War 2018. Is like the most recent game that I've been playing myself. And I know you just started that that card. Square, is it a Square Square Enix game? Yeah, it's a Square Enix game. Oh yeah. Speaking of Near Automata, so Voice of Cards. It's a JRPG with like a card like aesthetic. It's not actually a card game. Like you don't build a deck. Mm-hmm. It's just like a card aesthetic and it's yeah yeah and it makes you feel like you're playing with like a person narrating the game anyway that game's really sick made by square enix but also made by yoko taro yoko taro is the guy that made the near series near automata and uh uh, the other near game that i just beat recently so really sick like amazing music it's a square enix game but also yoko taro games tend to have really good music Amazing music, really fun combat system, and just super interesting game. Yeah. Uh, in general, I do find myself loving the nostalgia of just old games, like the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation 1 episodes were some of my favorite episodes to do because they just bring me back to when I was a kid and, you know, nothing mattered except what new game was coming out. Like, you know, it was just, that was that was my life. So all the Final Fantasies and all those other RPGs, you know, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, like Diddy Kong Racing, No Mercy, all of that, like all of that stuff back then. Uh, I, when I think about it, it makes me happy. And then a lot of times I'll, you know, put an emulator on my computer and then play those games for a little bit. And I never, I never beat them again. I just kind of like play them for the first couple hours, hear some good music, get the, get the good feeling. And then I just stop. And then a couple years later, I might do the same thing again. Yeah. But, uh, Speaking of, I don't remember, I don't know if we ever touched back on it, but in the N64 episode, I mentioned, like, I'll probably end up buying the expansion packs for the Nintendo Switch Online for the N64 games anyway. Since then, you know, obviously it's come out in the price, like, I am not buying that. Oh, like, yeah. It no. is, it's like more than double the price of what the online was, and it's like 1064 games. And they're not even optimized all that well. Like the no, emulation is not even from, all that good. So I heard that it was actually like not even just. I heard it was bad. Uh, yeah. They said that there is a lot of input lag, and somebody was trying to play Ocarina of Time, 
and they said, yo, this game is borderline unplayable like this. Like, obviously, you need to have reaction in Ocarina of Time. Like, come on. The other thing is, like, I saw, um, like, there's a part, like, in the water dungeon, the water temple, the, the Shadow Link fight, where yep. it's, like, really foggy. There's, like, this really foggy effect, and it look, looks really nice. But in the official Nintendo online version, there's just no fog. And so you can just see. <laughs> and so, like, you can just see where, like, the level design ends and like it looks really janky like it looks oh, really no. fucking stupid um i'm oh, no. maybe that'll get fixed but it's way overpriced uh it's just not fucking worth it like it's just not like i love those games but, yeah like, i could already you... play them all on my computer like yes. i don't and yeah. i was gonna buy them just but just i'm not paying just like yeah i'm not paying like 40 dollars a month or whatever because yeah, I think it's twenty dollars for Nintendo. You're already paying twenty dollars for Nintendo online a year. Yeah, like and unoptimized then, versions of the game. Uh, and then on top of that, like I don't like the fact that the pricing of that is upscaled to include like like oh you get Animal Crossing DLC. Well, I don't have fucking I don't have Animal Crossing. Like yeah. why am I paying more money for a game? Like I don't care that it gives me Animal Crossing DLC. It's kind of how I feel about bundles. Like there were PS5. They said that GameStop has some PS5. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just buy one just to have it as furniture. And then I fucking saw that it was a bundle, and it was like seven hundred and ninety nine dollars or something crazy like that before taxes. And I was like, why is it so expensive? And then I saw that it was a bundle with, of course, some fucking games that I will never play. Like just yeah. some shit that I will never ever touch in my entire life because that's just not the gamer that i am you know those bundle games yeah, yeah. bundle games are typically awful like i'm come not on. touching that shit so i was like i'm not about to pay like a ps5 is already whatever it costs and then you want me to pay an extra like 300 for a couple for some bundle nonsense like no 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 no, no. i think it said like oh you get a year of playstation plus and then like these two or three games and and again and i think it was like a gamestop gift card for like 20 bucks or something and they, and they you know, so they upcharge the fuck out of you. Like you're paying for that. Like don't t- don't act like. First of all, don't ever bundle something and give me a gift card. Let's be <laughs> let's be clear. Like don't fucking it's piss so on stupid. me without the common courtesy to call it rain. Like it's so stupid. Like they're ridiculous. They're fucking ridiculous. Like a GameStop gift card. First of all, GameStop, y'all might not be around for me to even use that goddamn gift card. Like, like five hundred and twenty dollars, and it comes with a twenty dollar GameStop gift card. It's like, yeah, like get the fuck make, out of here. Just make it five hundred then. Like, it's ridiculous. So, deaf to all of that shit. Um, yeah. All right, our last our last listener letter is on a near death experience episode. So Austin says. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I'm glad you're getting better and don't worry about stressing about the podcast while you recover. Uh, I'm just glad that you were able to make it through. I didn't even know anything happened because I got behind on the episodes for a myriad of different reasons. But on, on another note, um, the way you described it, I've definitely had a very similar experience but for a different reason. It's definitely a scary feeling for sure. When it gets to that point, it really is kind of like how you described when you just decided to chug the drink. Not going to lie, when I first saw the title, I didn't realize that was the turn the podcast would take. So yeah, I um I told Kenny before we recorded that episode about me being sick that like I just wanted to be transparent with the supporters of the podcast and definitely also our patrons because you guys literally help to foot some of these expenses that we have for the podcast and also just to like support the channel and stuff. So I wanted to be transparent about what was going on because we literally stopped recording episodes for a while and that you know, I'm, I'm a very, like, I like to be a very professional person. I take this very seriously as I do most things that I 
do. I only do a few things, but I always say I do a few things, but I like to do them well. And so when it comes to this, I don't want people to just think that like we were defaulting on this or like we didn't care enough or that we just got lazy. Uh, so I, you know, put out the episode about exactly what happened to me near death experience. And at first, and this didn't actually happen during the episode, but when we talked about recording the episode, we were going to talk about like tying it into anime and like characters who have near death experiences and stuff like that. Like, you know, Saiyans almost die and then they get stronger and, you know, Tachi being sick and like Goku getting sick and dying in the future and stuff like that from the, the virus that he caught. Um, just that whole thing. But we didn't really get into that because literally we ended up spending over two hours, one of our longest episodes ever, just talking about the entire situation with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people who listen to that episode, like I appreciate you guys listening to it. And, you know, here it was pretty emotional, pretty emotional episode, I would say. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that people now understand exactly what was going on. And I've gotten a lot of people messaging me directly or sending stuff to I Am Nerd. You know, just saying that they're happy that I'm better and getting better and that uh, I made it through that whole situation because it literally was a near-death experience. Um, my vitals were really low, heart beating off rhythm. So the whole thing was just actually kind of fucking nuts. But I feel a lot better now. Uh, my energy levels are still not at 100% to where they used to be, but I'm slowly getting there and I'm slowly gaining my weight back. I did lose like literally 20 pounds. So I'm slowly gaining my weight back. I'm eating literally whatever the fuck I want at this point, um, just to just to get yeah. back. I had just an entire pint for stuff uh, from food trucks. Yes, no, there will be no food <laughs> trucks. But I ate an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like I, I woke up at 9 a.m. and I was like, oh, so you got your taste buds back." Yeah, I was like, "I fucking want ice cream." Like I just want ice cream. So I got some Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and I ate the entire pint, which is over a thousand calories. Um, I ate the entire pint of half baked in my bed while watching YouTube videos. And I was like, this is, if this is what bed rest is like, this is what, you know, just like relaxing and recovering feels like, then I can do this. So, Hey, the thing is you can eat a whole tub of ice cream, right? And not feel, cause you're just trying to get your weight back. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, no, not a bad thing. Like you're just trying to get your 20 pounds back. Yeah. I just want my 20 back. That's all. So you can do a whole thing of Ben and Jerry's. Me, I can't do a whole thing of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> it's not, it won't be a good look. No, it will not. I do not recommend <laughs> it for normal people who don't need to gain a bunch of weight back. But uh, <laughs> for me, as small as I am currently, you know, I'm somewhere in the one, the low 130s now. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend getting a burger. So, all right. Well, we got that out the way. Uh, I guess I'll also, I'll shout out our patrons since we're we're doing everything pretty early right now. Um, so real quick, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Connie, Austin, Leon, Xavier, Garen, Quest, Hylian, Sarah, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, and our newest patron, Tyree Tinsley. Yes, yes. Thank you guys for supporting us. And, the big Tyree. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into Avengers in Game without further ado. All right. So I recently watched this movie while I was recovering and like in the hospital and stuff, and I actually, going into it, I was like, I really, you remember, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. remember, I wasn't really feeling Avengers Endgame too much. Like, I, like it's, it's a, don't get me wrong, it is a good Marvel movie overall, but I, I remember seeing it in the theaters and coming off of Infinity War and then seeing that, I was kind of like, uh, like the ending was really good. Like the last, you know, the last 30 minutes was really good, but a lot of the, the build up to it, I just, 
I wasn't really too big of a fan of. So going into this, going into watching it again, I had like a kind of a negative outlook on it. And surprisingly, though, I really enjoyed watching it recently this week. Like it was actually just good start to finish. Like it was just it was just good. Nice. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm, I'm, I go my ahead. bad. No, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, my experience, you know, I've only seen it once. I've only because I, I just went to the yeah, you recently. Watched everything. Yeah. So um, I watched, you know, Infinity War and then I suffered through Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and uh, Captain Marvel. I have to keep throwing and it out Captain there, Marvel. That fucking movie's also terrible. <laughs> so I watched Infinity War and then I suffered through those two movies. I actually like the first Ant-Man movie. That second Ant-Man movie is garbage. But, uh. <laughs> It's it's one of the worst Marvel. It's so bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's just I almost want to give a good ten minutes to it because it is so bad. But look, anyway, and and then I watched Endgame, and Endgame is Endgame's like four hours, four and a half hours. No, Endgame is legit over three hours long. Oh, is it three hours? I it's, it it's, yes, it's not four, but it is over three hours. It is I just a recently very long movie. I just recently watched all three Lord of the Rings movies, the extended editions. Oh, and God. Each one of them are f- the f- the first two are four hours, and the third one is four and a half hours. I just watched all of them, uh, like one a day over the last like last weekend or the weekend before. So, um, are we doing a podcast on that at some point? Is that what's happening? If have you seen all the Lord of the Rings movies? I have seen all of them, but I saw them over a decade ago, so I would need hey, to watch all of them again. I'm hundred percent down to do a podcast episode on Lord of the Rings. Okay, I can make that happen. Now I can definitely watch those Lord of the Ring movies again, and I'll even watch the same ones that you watched, um, the extended versions. But yeah, sweet. So but yeah, yeah, so I watched Endgame, and then when I watched it, you know, I watched, I only watched it once, and I actually, you know, I really really liked it. But I remember you saying like. You know, yeah, it's good, but it's it's a really hard movie to rewatch. And I was like, well, I, I haven't experienced that yet, and I probably won't experience it for like five years because I don't yes. plan on rewatching them anytime soon. Yeah, because um, okay, Here, here's the reason why I say that it is kind of like a hard rewatch. So, you know, one, you know what, you know what, ha- like any obviously any rewatch, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. And this particular movie, the first two plus hours of it are literally people coping with how the world is after everyone has been snapped out of existence. Yeah. And I'll even start from the beginning. So the, the movie opens up with Hawkeye and his family and they're just fucking basically having a little outdoor barbecue moment. Like they're just chilling. Yeah. Making some hot dogs. And I guess his wife is asking, you know what everyone wants on their hot dog. He has a bunch of kids. He has at least three kids. So he's just living his family life. You know, this is after like the whole civil war stuff has happened. And um, I don't really he wasn't really a part of Infinity War. He, I don't think he was in the movie at all. Yeah, he wasn't a part of Infinity War. So, so yeah, he wasn't a part of Infinity War. So, as far as he's concerned, um, he doesn't even really know what the fuck is going on in the world somewhere else with this whole Thanos thing. Like the the way the way it starts, you can tell that he's just living his regular ass family yeah. life. Because Thanos so, happened in a day, yo. Yes, like, <laughs> which is I still think that feat in itself puts Thanos in such a crazy tier. Like he is wild for getting all the stones in one day, um, or I should say in one 24 hour period. Like, yeah, it might have been one day into the next day, but I don't think that Thanos's snap and the time he arrived <laughs> on that ship was more than 24 hours. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it was within a, within a 24 hour period. Thanos is wild. Um, but what I really love about this opening now, like when I watch it now. I look at it from different eyes with the rewatch. And what I love is 
it's cool to see how regular people, right? Like what regular people experienced when the snap happened. Because what we got to see at the end of Infinity War was the, you know, the the other heroes, the other fucking, yeah, the other heroes and everybody, how they how they took it. Like what happened to them in mm-hmm. the moment? And they were all fighting for their lives and stuff anyway. So when they're getting snapped away, like, yes, you definitely feel it. And it definitely sucks to see superheroes disintegrating. But how does this affect like a regular Joe Schmo who might be walking down the street with his girlfriend or his wife or his or his daughter? How does this affect regular people? Yeah. And this scene served to show how you could literally be watching, I don't know, Game of Thrones with like you're having a watch party and literally four people at your watch party disintegrate. Yeah, they're just dust on the ground, and you're like, yes. what the fuck is happening? And you see how, what I thought was so cool, you see how he starts running around, because he yeah. doesn't, like, he doesn't, like, it's so He has cool no idea what's even happening. He has like, no he, idea what happened. <laughs> at least, at least with the superheroes in Infinity War, they knew what just happened. They knew Thanos won. They knew Thanos won. They knew that he made the snap, because that's exactly what they were all fighting to stop. So when it happened, no, like, they weren't, I mean, I can't say they weren't surprised, but, like, they knew what caused this he had no idea you could tell he was running he ran into the shed he started calling for the kids names who Mm -hmm. he literally could just see a second ago and it's kind of that scary thing where you know something bad is you know you know it's bad you know something is wrong but you're kind of in that state of disbelief and he's calling disbelief he's calling out to everyone no one's there they were literally just there And then it just kind of starts. Avengers Endgame, like the, the movie, just kind of goes into. I thought that was such a fantastic opening, especially the second time watching it, because it's like, holy shit, yo! Imagine just being around regular people. You don't know that this fight for, I guess, half the universe is even happening, and then people just start to disintegrate. Yep. And because Thanos snapped half of all living creatures out of existence, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a fifty-fifty on every human being. It's also cool to see that several people in one family could just get taken out. Yeah. Like he he lost like it could have been him, right? But instead, he lost his entire family. Like all all of his kids and his wife, all of them. It didn't leave yeah. one kid, it didn't leave his wife. It didn't If you leave have out. 10 family members, it doesn't mean that you lose 5 of them. It could you could lose your whole family and another yes. family could be completely unaffected. Yes. A whole, uh, the, there are families like theoretically like we don't see any, but there are families who probably were completely unaffected by the snap. Very low odds, obviously, but it's still possible. Like if your family is like four people, y'all might all win the coin flip. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you could be Hawkeye and turn into Ronan because your entire family got fucking off by it. It is it just it just really shows how when Daniel said it's gonna be random, like <laughs> that shit, that shit was random they were flipping mad coins yeah so it's really cool the movie starts off like the first 23 to 25 days after the snap that's kind of how the movie starts and uh they also show iron man he like fast forward to iron man he's with nebula in the ship and he's talking about like they're playing games and nonsense like that just bored and basically talks about how they're gonna run out of oxygen tomorrow like pretty much he's he's accepting death like he's recording and just kind of saying, like, if you find this, like, you know, the worst has happened, but we're about to run out of oxygen. It's about to be over for us. And then he accepts death, and it kind of does another little skip forward, and he's asleep. And he looks bad. Like, yes, I, he does. Like, like, Tony looks really, really bad. And he's asleep, and he sees, like, this light, and then this Captain Marvel. And I believe, because this is a crazy feat for Captain Marvel, because she brings the entire ship mm-hmm. back to Earth. She does. But I, but I recall... Tony saying something along the lines of 
we're a couple light years away from Earth. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm I'm right on this. You guys can let me know. But I feel like he said something about being light years away from Earth. I don't know if that's the way I should have heard it, or maybe I'm mishearing what he said when he was doing his little recording thing. But if that's the case, because she got him back to Earth, like I want to say within a day or so, um, that's just wild. Like that that just puts Captain Marvel in another tier. Like she's fucking yeah, she she definitely fucking and she, Cause I'm as far as I know, I don't think she restarted the engines. Like she pushed that shit. She did. She like yeah. She, like when you see her uh, bring the ship back down, um, it's not like the ship. Like you said, it doesn't have its like turbines or anything on. It doesn't have its engine on. She's she literally carries the ship down like from the yeah. sky. Like she <laughs> she brings it down herself and just like puts it down on the ground. So it is very wild how powerful Captain Marvel is and probably how fast she has to be. If I did hear it correctly, that. Uh, she, you know, brought it back light years from wherever the fuck, like light years from Earth. That's just yeah. crazy to me. So, yeah, uh, that was um. On that note, I, I know you're probably going to jump back to something, but I did think it was something interesting about the movie. Is like the movie starts, and it starts like you said, like twenty some odd days after an Infinity War, and so you're seeing the beginning of the movie, seeing some stuff happening, and you're just kind of like, you know, watching it. You're like, what's going to happen? And then like, not mid movie. Basically, the beginning of the movie, after 20 or so minutes, it's like five years later. And you're like, what the fuck? Because like, there's a five-year time skip in yes. the first 20 so, minutes of the movie. So, yeah. I'm gonna, all right. So, I'll jump back a little bit. So, when they land, uh, they start talking about how they saw like a massive energy thing go off at a, at a distant planet. And they're like, oh, it's Thanos. So, mm-hmm. they decide to literally go out and kill Thanos and they they're successful. They literally go out and they Yeah, it's I mean, so he's, crazy. He's nerfed though. It's nerfed Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's first of all, he's he's his you see his whole body is like fucked up. Yeah. Cuz he used the ring again like he used the gauntlet again uh, to yes. destroy the stones. And he said that it almost killed him. He said it took a great amount of power to have the stones destroy themselves because he said something really um He's just something that makes perfect sense. If you've ever seen anything fantasy genre, he said they're only they only could exist for temptation now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's actually just true, right? Because anybody who will want them at this point is going to use them for some nonsense, right? Like it's just he did the right thing. Like I have to get rid of these because obviously, one, somebody could just snap everybody back. But more importantly than that, they could just be used for somebody somebody's petty fucking conquest. Yeah. Um, also, it shows them. it shows like um, his lack of greed. So yes. most like super villains or whatever, like after he had all that power, he would keep that gauntlet and he would be the emperor of the universe. And he would, but th- that's not what Thanos did. Cause that's the undoing of a lot of super villains and whatever, and sh- whatever thing you're reading is that yes. the thing that they use to do whatever, like the heroes will get their hands on it, you know, whatever. But then he was yeah. like, I don't need this anymore. I achieved my goal. I'm going to fucking sit on this planet and farm. I want to destroy them. <laughs> he became a gardener. Uh, but yeah, when you first see him on the planet, he is literally limping. They show his walk. They like zoom in on his walk. He's limping and he's only using one arm. He grabs like a pail with like some, you know, water or whatever liquid in it. And then he grabs like vegetables and stuff and he's putting them in. He's like getting, getting his supper ready. But he's doing everything with like one arm. And the mm-hmm. other arm, like he said, it's burnt up. It's destroyed looking. He's in bad condition. And they just fucking burst in this man's shed. And beat the shit out of him, like real mm-hmm. quick. Like it's, it's Thor just takes his head off immediately. Thor yes. just takes his head off, and, and he's like, I aim for the head. Yeah, super, super corny to me. I, I just, I was like, okay, that was 
cringe, right? Because like you already fucked up, my guy. Like at least because somebody said, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I, I aim for the head." I was like, "All right, my guy. Like you fucking look, man. He had PTSD. It, I know, I know. It's it's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying the line. I didn't make the line any less cringe. But look, he he cut Thanos's head off after Thanos said, "Like I destroyed them. I'm inevitable." You know, I thought it was great. I I'm a, like I said, I'm a big big Thanos fan. So the beginning of the movie, even though they kill him, uh, I still thought it was funny how like he didn't care because yeah. he had already accomplished his mission and he knew like there's not really anything you guys can do about it. You know, killing me now it doesn't really do anything. In fact, I was already ready to die when I destroyed the Infinity Stones. He's like like that shit almost killed me. Yeah, he clearly, he clearly was already ready to die. So like you guys actually killing me is like all right, that's that's fine. Like it's whatever. It was um, it was pretty interesting and it. It because th- on on your first watch you're watching it and you're like, what the fuck is even happening? Right well, now? I thought like, that okay. Thanos, so let me talk like, about my first watch. Let's talk about first watch. I'm gonna be honest. When I first saw this shit in theaters, I thought the reality stone was in big play. I said <laughs> these motherfuckers are under the craziest genjutsu that they have. They are getting sukuyomi to oblivion right now. That's you funny as hell. You couldn't tell me that that scene where they dogged Thanos real quick, cut his head off. I was like, they're about to be so mad when he says reality is often disappointing again. That's <laughs> like, funny as shit. I was ready for the room to turn red, like you know that that effect the reality stone has. Yeah, and yeah. Just, like, I was I was ready for him to just like come walking out somewhere and being like, this planet is actually a trap, you know, so that I can get rid of the rest of you fuckers or something. It's just something. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. But I, at no point did I think that it was real. And then it's that five years later, and I'm kind of sitting there like, wait, wait. Because right after that scene, they walk out and it says five years later. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like that, wait, he's dead. Like he's actually dead. Oh, okay. All right. What the hell is the rest of this movie about? Yeah. I was like, damn, they actually killed Thanos. So, yeah. And when it goes to five years later, this is the, uh, the, the meat of the movie is, you know, Thor's gotten huge. Uh, Tony has a kid. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Ant-Man, he comes out of his, like, the quantum zone. He gets shot yeah. out. He was supposed to get shot out a while ago, but his uh, the, you know, the person who's supposed to release him actually got fucking snapped. So That's something I thought was cool. At the end, of, Ant-Man and the Wasp is garbage. By the way, just, just in case, I, I don't know if you guys ever heard me talk about it, <laughs> but that movie is really bad. I could give 10 minutes talking about how bad that movie is. <laughs> but that movie is really terrible. But the post credit scene, I remember after fucking slogging through that garbage. Yeah. When I got to the post credit scene, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Because, like, they're doing a little thing. And then as they're about to, like, as he's supposed to come out, they turn the dust. And it's like, holy shit. Because they're yeah. doing their whole little thing. And they also don't realize that Infinity War is happening. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing their thing and then they just get turned to dust. It's like, holy shit. Yo, can we? All right. So before we get into uh, Ant-Man coming out of the quantum zone, I the idea of the snap is so fucking cool to me. I feel like I could talk about just the impact of the snap for hours, but I'm going to try to keep this quick. So you remember at the end of Infinity War, like the secret scene where um, they summon Captain Marvel, Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, likes he, he likes Bieber. Yeah, he has the Bieber. And you, what, you, what would they have done if she just got smoked? Oh God, yeah. I mean, what if he, he hit the Bieber, yo, like, right. he could have hit the Bieber, and she could have been smoked. Like it would have mattered. I didn't even think. I never thought about that, but she actually could have <laughs> just got coin flipped and lost. 
Like she could have gotten coin flipped, and then I mean, then actually, there's no shot. Like there's yeah. actually no because she was so necessary. But because um, like she saved Tony, who didn't invent a time travel. But the snap at the end of Infinity War in a special scene with Nick Fury, you see uh like helicopters and shit crashing into buildings. <laughs> and one of the things that I always thought was interesting is okay, Thanos snapped half of all living creatures out of existence, but like <laughs> my man definitely killed a lot more people. By snapping half of them out. Like, I remember we were talking about this on the Infinity War episode. Yes. I like, you may have snapped out half, but you killed more than half. Because, like, yeah. helicopters are crashing in the buildings. Yo, planes <laughs> are coming out the sky. Um, also, car crashes. Can you imagine, Kenny, how many fucking car crashes there are going to be? It's so wild. Like, hey, the amount... Okay, so, you know, they say that, like, driving a motor vehicle is way more dangerous, way, way more deadly than taking an airplane. Like more people die in cars than they do in airplanes, right? Yeah, because airplanes basically don't crash anymore, at least one yeah. made in the U.S. Yeah, air, airplanes are, for all intents and purposes, as, as, in terms of travel, um, public transit and stuff, they are relatively safe compared to every other form of travel. So yeah. that's just a fact. Um, now, anyway, so cars i just think about all the cars on a road and you know how like you know a lot of people you know they go above the speed limit let's say you're going like 70 or something which is like a very normal thing that people do they go like 70 miles per hour uh if you get snapped the the accidents that are going to be caused your Mm. your car is going that fast and it's not being like no one's steering it now like no one's steering the car it and this is happening to multiple people on the road at the same time yeah the whole planet there has to be a catastrophic amount of deaths that were just caused to the people who were left from just people getting snapped out of existence. Yeah, everybody that was on the highway when the snap happened that didn't get snapped also died. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, a ton of people, di- like Mack trucks, like people who are operating uh, the gigantic, you know, 18-wheelers and shit like that. Those people who get snapped out of it, they killed a lot of people. Wow. There's, there's just a lot of death that is, yeah, I mean... You know, you could even take this further, and this is you know, I'll get off of it, but like someone doing open heart surgery, like I'm doing open yeah, heart yeah. surgery, like you get snapped and then your fucking tools just fall in the person. And that person's just not dust yet. He's chilling. Well also, you know. <laughs> yeah, like also, yeah, that person is left, like they're they're a living creature still, um, who's being operated on or any kind of surgery, really. And let's say every fucking surgeon in that room gets snapped away, which is a possibility. Like they all just get snapped away. Like that is also it's so crazy. Easy. It's what like a lot more people die than fifty percent. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to like talk about that for a little bit because I just I really do think that that is insane. And I it also reminded me that there's that show called Manifest, I believe, that literally just stole. I shouldn't say stole, but like it literally took the idea. Of, I heard about that. It's like a plane that disappears or something. A plane right? disappears and then it comes back and it's five years later. Yeah, so it's, it's literally end game. Like it is. It is literally end game. It just. It's about people integrating back into society after having been gone for, to them, I don't think any time has passed, but to everyone else who's just, that didn't happen to, I think five years passed and like, maybe it might be longer than five years. I'm not exactly sure. I've never watched it. I just heard about it. But I remember one of the big points of contention in the show is that uh, one of the guys, he's like married and he comes home and his wife is remarried to some new guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the con, like the idea of that, 
you can't be mad at her. It's been five years, right? Like she was yeah. a widower and she probably mourned the fuck or widow and she probably mourned the fuck out of him. And then, you know, she, she moved on and yeah, you know, got remarried. That's what people years. do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people do. Like, you know, and he probably like, if he actually was dead, he would probably want that for her. He would probably want her to be happy and move on and not live her whole life sad about it. So like when not I think me. about you stay sad. All right, bitch. If I die, yeah. Yeah. I know some people are genuine. Like nah, that, I'm toxic, that, that toxic shit you're saying right now is a joke. <laughs> some people don't feel like that. As, I'm as kidding. A joke. Some people but are. But that said, like, if I do die, consider the fact that they might bring me back. You know what I mean? So, not consider the fact they might bring me back. Who the <laughs> fuck are you that you might be the first person <laughs> to fucking come back? On, like, get the hell out. Look, man. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the snap, and you know, this is the end of the, like the end of Endgame. Is everybody coming back? I do, I do think it's interesting that um, you know everyone just kind of comes back. Like everybody, the whole fifty percent of all living creatures just come back just into come existence. Back. What's cool is, um, because this is still related to Endgame. Obviously, we won't hit on it forever, but it's cool when you watch the things that come out after after Endgame. Because like now the, the Marvel Black, Universe, Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah, like the, now the Marvel universe has to like it has plot lines that deals with the fact that all these people came back. Something else that I thought was kind of funny was if you saw the second Spider-Man movie, um, Far, Far from, from home. home. I love how like in the beginning they have like the really cheesy like school memorial for Tony Stark, and it's got like this cheesy music and it's showing like the pictures. It looks like <laughs> a cheesy school slideshow, but then like they're calling it like um, the blip. Like they're like, oh, and you know, during the blip, yeah. and it's like these kids being like really cheesy, but it, it feels authentic because I, I do kind of feel like that's how corny little high schoolers would act. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was cool. The way they did it in Far From Home was actually really, really legit. And I thought that the way they do it in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is also cool because they show. So Sam, uh, he was gone for five years. Like he was one of the people who got one of the vanished, as they call them in Endgame, and he comes back into existence but he doesn't have income on the books for the last five years he doesn't have credit and they kind of show you there's also some racial undertones to it that again i was like you know i didn't need that but as far as just like how he was treated by a creditor because i think he went i think he needed a loan to fix up the ship yeah They they were basically saying like look you don't have income for the last five years you don't have credit for the last five years you don't have any you don't have anything like you weren't you weren't a person yeah, and he's like, I didn't um, exist for the last five years. Like, and it's and like it, it sucks. Like, and I almost, I, I really can't say I can see it from both sides because I do think it's kind of ignorant that like you know what the fuck happened to me though. <laughs> like, why? Like, let's not. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like let's not be ridiculous. Like, also, I'm an actual, I'm an actual factual superhero. Like, I am the mm-hmm. real fucking deal. I'm an actual. Save like everybody knows my face. Yes. I am a save the world superhero. I wear Tony Stark's fucking equipment. I fly and I have fucking nanobots and all types of crazy shit. I am an actual superhero. And you have the nerve to ask me for a fucking, I think he asked me for an autograph at one point, but you can't even give me a loan. And on top of that, like, why can't you use my income data and my credit history from when I was a person and see that like, I am somebody who you could lend something to. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big deal. And another thing that that, that show kind of showed me, and I'm gonna get off of it after this, but I just want to say this last thing. Uh, they brought up something. I just, I think this is stupid. I just, I plainly, I just think this is stupid, but they mentioned how superheroes don't really get paid. Mm. I just think, I just yeah. think that's fucking, did you, did you see Falcon and Winter Soldier? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it all. Okay, okay. Because I was like, I, I saw all of them. I've seen WandaVision, Falcon, Loki, and What If. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. So you saw, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I listen, I got ready. I was like, when Frazier comes back, he's going to have, I got podcasts. I can do it. Like, I'm ready. This is, this is great. So, <laughs> so it kind of annoyed me that they just casually were like, oh, yeah, like superheroes just do not get paid. Yeah, like we don't like we we're just kind of we're we're public servants we're we're kind of just doing community service, and even if that's true, um, one of the superheroes is like a billionaire several times over. He's also the same person that designs your suits and the technology that you use. I find it to be a bit ridiculous. Just, just, <laughs> just a tad bit ridiculous. I just find it to be a tad bit ridiculous that the main guy that I hang around and like you know I have his equipment and stuff. I don't have any like claim to any money or anything like that like i don't I'm, like i'm not also just like i'm not saying i need to have a billion like you don't need to give me a billion dollars that's not what i'm saying yeah, but yeah. i should not my family should not be struggling let's let's be fucking clear 100 percent. yeah like, let, let's just be fucking clear my sister should have never in her life struggled when i was vanished that just should not have been part of my story it just should not have after yeah, yeah. after i got vanished or whatever my family should have been fucking taken care of Point blank, period. And this is one of the problems that I did have with Falcon and Winter Soldiers. Like that, like stuff like that just really bothered me. Um, but yeah, back to Endgame. <laughs> yeah. Also, that said, though, I do think that fucking banks would be like that. In real life, they'd be like, well, where were you the last five years? Hmm? Yeah. You'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know exactly what I 100% about. know. That would happen in real life. Like, yeah. if that somehow happened in real life, banks would do that. Well, we don't have work history for the last five years. Yeah, fucking Wu Shiesty again. <laughs> all, the, all the banks. All the banks are ran by Wu Shiesty. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so Endgame, uh, at first, Tony's reluctant about the whole time travel thing, which makes sense because he said, I can't afford to lose what I have. It's been, once again, like that lady who is remarried or whatever, like, obviously this is before people come back in Endgame, but five years have passed. Like, you've kind of, you're like your life has gone on. Like he has a kid. Like yeah, it. You've already suffered trauma and loss, and you've tried to rebuild your life going forward. So, you know, it, it makes sense for him to not be eager to jump back into it. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. It's like, I don't know the the whole prospect of now I have a family, and now you guys are saying we could bring everything back. And like, but it requires us to to go back in time. Which one? That just sounds wild. And he took it that way, which I thought was that was good. Like that was good writing. Somebody even as even as smart as Tony, uh, still was like, "You you sound fucking crazy. Like, you, sound, <laughs> you guys you guys sound absolutely nuts." Um, but he's like, you know, he comes around because apparently he's actually been working on it. Like he was already <laughs> he was already just casually in the basement working on time travel. So. When he does figure it out, he tells them straight up when he comes to the headquarters, like, yo, I can't afford to lose what I have. I have to keep it. Like, I have to keep what I have. And I'm also down for getting back what we lost. But I have to keep what we ha- what I have. And I mm-hmm. I was like, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, you don't want to lose your daughter. Like, if it's going to cost you your daughter and your wife or whatever, then he would probably just be like, I'm actually out. Like, I, I can't. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to reset the timeline. Like, I don't yes. want to go back five years because, like, I have new experiences yeah and he's in love with that like he loves that little girl i love you 3000 and all that like the cutest moment in the movie yep um they so they just you know they they figure out time travel and they realize that you can pinpoint a point in time to go to where the infinity stones would be 
you can kind of snatch them out, uh, bring them back to use them, and then put them back where you got them from. And that way, there would be no like paradoxes. There would be no alternate realities and shit like that. Uh, yep. Which is, you know, it. I I'll say it makes sense because that's just how the movie proposed it. That it makes sense. Uh, time travel is always one of those things that it's done differently in every single genre and every single movie and every single yeah. fantasy thing. It's difficult. It's difficult to handle. It's time travel is so, very difficult to handle. So hard to do, especially to do it well. Uh, and I won't get into like all the nitpicky things that we could talk about as far as time travel goes in Endgame, but like. They figure it out, right? Like, yeah. Like they like they figure out a way in their universe, in their world, in their fantasy world, of how they can go back, grab the stones, and then you know come back, use them, and then put them back where they got them from, and all will be well. So that is the prospect of what happens over the next like several hours of the movie. It's really cool. We literally go back to old movies, and mm-hmm. they start pulling stones. And at one point, us uh, Black Widow says, "Well, if you choose the right day in New York, there's like three of them there." He's <laughs> like at, at one point in New York, like there was legit three stones, and I was like, "Yeah, that's actually just crazy." So they start going back, and pretty much everything kind of goes well. Like the Hulk, he goes to get the time stone, and I think one of the coolest parts is when he talks to the ancient one. He tries to, you know, I almost feel like he tries to forcefully take it from because he takes a step forward, and she fucking puts her hand out and <laughs> fucking because he's in that that new Hulk form that is like the professor. He's Bruce Banner but also the Hulk fused together yep. and like, he's completely able to talk and everything like that as the Hulk and he's in complete control of it. It's really cool. But, uh, she pushed his ass out of that. Like, that <laughs> you are now just a floating Bruce Banner spirit, no Hulk. So, you know, and she was like, showing like the, um, how like the, they would cause like timeline fractures and shit. Which like is that. important for Marvel's next phase. Right. Cause that actually yeah, is yeah. exactly what happens is the deviance. And I thought that so when I watched it, when I watched Endgame over again, this is why I enjoyed it because when you're when you first watch it, you know, we don't know where Marvel was going to go after. Yep. But now that I see where Marvel was going after, it's way cooler when she shows the little timeline and the straight line. Mm-hmm. And then she shows what happens when you change something, how it makes this deviation, and uh how the deviation can literally cause the end of a fucking whole universe, which you see in what if when uh the Doctor Strange episode is really cool. He yeah, that out. episode's crazy. I think that's one of the best ones because the watcher literally interacts. He's like, I, know, I can feel your presence out there. I know <laughs> that you can do something about this. And he's like, you know, why would I ever step in? You know, you had your chance. Like, why would I ever step in to save you at the risk of ruining other timelines, basically? Like, you ruined your own timeline. Your own universe is fucking de- like destroyed now. Yep. And so literally what she talks about, what the ancient one talks about to Bruce Banner comes true for her she said the greatest of us like he's supposed to be the greatest of us dr strange um he literally does that in one of the what if episodes i think it's in one of the timelines yep yeah it's actually and really it's, cool like all of these things and we also get in loki we get a whole bunch of like that information like yep. it's cool because what if we'll get to it in another episode but it is interesting because i had heard about what if before watching loki and i, I just didn't really know what it would be after watching loki i was like oh like i already knew what what if was going to be going into yeah. it i was like yeah. oh shit because the end of loki puts you on some nonsense yeah the end of loki's wild but yeah so it was really cool when Anton was explaining it to him and then he made he says one thing that uh makes her completely change her entire tune and give up the time stone and he just literally tells her well then why if it's so important right that this never gets 
given to anyone. Like the, where you guys are supposed to protect it with your life. If that is true, then why did he give it up in the first place? And she said, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, he gave it away. And then she's like, if he gave it away and he's the best of us all, like he's the best of all of the fucking sorcerers that are in that line, then like it must mean that he saw something that this is this is the way. Yeah, this is supposed to happen. Yep. Yep. So she gives the time stone uh, to Bruce. So that's like one stone secured. And then like the other stones kind of get secure, uh, secured, except the fucking mind stone, which Loki ends up stealing. <laughs> and getting away which is so cool because that's the entire plot point of loki the the show um so they realize well there's one more thing that we can do we can go further back and you get this really cool moment where iron man he meets his dad and he yeah. gets the stone that way he also gets pin particles yeah the pin particles are important because that's they had like a limited number of pin particles yeah and that's what one they needed trip. for time travel yeah one round trip and- per person they were like, well, if we go further back, like we can use the last of our pin particles and we can go to a point in time where both an infinity stone and the pin particles exist in the same spot. Yeah. And they go basically to the Captain America movie, the first one. Yep. And yeah, Tony Stark meets his dad and uh, Steve is just running around in there. Now, I thought about this as a funny little aside, but I could not have done that part because uh, my dad and I look way too much alike. <laughs> and if we would have ran into each other, it would have definitely caused some rift in the timeline. Like for <laughs> fucking sure. Like they, Tony was able to have an entire conversation with his dad, and you know his dad, he definitely looked at him like, you know, do I know you and stuff like that. But it wasn't, it wasn't a realization that like you look way too much like me. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there, there was enough. There was no indication of that part. It just was like Tony clearly knew him and was saying things that kind of, you know, gave hints to his dad, like you know maybe. You are somebody, but uh, for me, because of how me and my dad are almost twins and a lot of other people share the same experience where you, your parents just have really strong genes, that that shit would not have worked. Like, I, my dad would fly. like who the, he would have called security or something like, who the fuck is this yeah. person that looks exactly like I'm looking into a mirror, basically. Yep. Um, but I do think that that, that whole like, thing somebody's is, coming up asking me for, for some fucking child support. Yes, I could have swore I wore condom eighteen years ago. Exactly, like literally <laughs> that type of energy. And then, like, also where he where he call him at, like in the room with all of that fucking classified shit and all that. Like, you know, him being there in itself was already suspicious. But he uh he gets to walk. He gets to pretty much just privilege his way through that entire sequence and get out with the uh the mind stone and the pen particles. Everything goes perfectly well. There's like a little. There's a little allusion to the captain. Like you said, they go back to their first Captain America and you at the end of the movie, like, you know how it all turns out where he goes back and stays in that timeline and stuff like that. So that's yeah. like our first sight of that timeline in a movie. But then they, they go back to it later on. But yeah, they they the other important thing, obviously, is Natasha and Hawkeye or Ronan or whatever the hell he is. Um, the soul stone like mm-hmm. that fucking that fucking stone it's just an ignorant, it's just ignorant. Like it's just a fucking ignorant ass stone. It requires a sacrifice for somebody to get it. So first of all, you can't even just show up alone, like full stop. Yeah. You can't, so fucked up. you can't show up without another human being. Uh, that's just the first thing. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be human. Maybe you could bring your dog. Like maybe people who are like really, really, really in love. Cause some people love their pets, like to the point where it would hurt them a lot to sacrifice their pet. Like I'm sure some of the people listen to this podcast probably have pets that they like would never want to lose. 
And even if it's for the salvation of the entire universe, it will be a very hard decision to make. And therefore it is a worthy sacrifice to the soul stone because it, it really would hurt you to do it. Um, but anyway, yeah, they show up and those two are like best friends. They, you know, they mentioned that whole Budapest thing earlier in the movie. Yep. And even she's the one who kind of like, I'll, I'll say saves him when he's on his kill spree in Tokyo. Um, she kind of like pulls him back from, he's out, he's just out killing people. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, I think the people he, he is killing are bad people, but still. Yeah, he's, he's not, just, he's not killing good guys, but he's murking. Yeah, they said that he's been leaving behind some crazy ass scenes. The scenes that he left behind are very graphic. He's killing people with a sword too, so like as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, he's going around slaying people, and Black Widow pulls him back into the fold and like tries to get him to calm down. So when they go to get the Soul Stone, you know they realize what it means, and of course both of them try to sacrifice themselves. But on, like I, I don't know, both of those characters, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest fan of either one of them. So when this was happening, I kind of just watching indifferently, and I was thinking to myself, okay, at the very least, he has a family, and they show that in the very beginning of the movie. Like that is the yeah. opening scene, which again, the directors and the writer of Endgame really smart. Like things that kind of seem small, uh, how they actually play out on screen. You know, it does take the movie's like three hours and twelve minutes or something like that. It's very long, but they don't really waste scenes and i think that the opening with his entire family he's i'll say it again he has a pretty big family if you ask me like he has like three or four kids yeah life so knowing that he has a family right and seeing how he's trying to kill himself to make sure that natasha lives is actually a big deal and then her choosing that it has to be her over him also is like a big deal because it's like damn like you're yeah like, like we're talking about death here and it's apparently yeah, it's a struggle. Like that moment is 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 pretty tough to watch because, like you, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a huge fan of either character. However, yeah. I do have empathy, and yes. watching that scene is still like it's still like hard to watch. I also thought it was really cool because you're watching a fight scene of two people trying to kill, like they're both trying to just kill themselves. Yes, and they're fighting each other. Like the fight scene is to stop the other one from killing themselves. It's like yes. this really weird game of chess. Uh, yeah, and they're and, really good at it too. Like they use all kinds yeah. of gadgets and shit like that. Like there's explosions. It's it's a lot. Uh, but she basically ends up tricking him real nice. She gets his ass real nice, and she basically makes it where he can't both hold himself up and also hold her mm-hmm. at the same time. His his the the grip that he has on like the cliff or whatever is giving away, and they, they, they'll both just die. Like which doesn't make any sense. Like then no yeah. one gets the soul stone. So, but um. Yeah, she 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 forces his hand. She wins and loses at the same time. And uh, yeah, she you know that he gets the soul stone. So yeah, all pretty much. I'm trying to think if there's any other important part about them doing the time travel aspect. But like, oh, I, well, okay, Nebula, right? Um, oh yeah, I thought I was yeah yeah. Go ahead. I mean, this is like the next phase of things. I yes, Nebula. Nebula is is a big fucking deal because. When she goes back to whatever twenty fourteen, um, her signal gets like cross wired with the other Nebula who's there at the time, and Thanos, because he's all like, it, it's not really shown as much in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'll say, but I know in the comics, uh, Thanos's intellect is extremely high, and I'm not gonna say that, like he's dumb or anything like that in the MCU because he's not. He's actually you can tell he's extremely smart, but. I think that like 
it's really stressed in the comics that he is next level intelligent. Like he's really, really high up there in just raw intelligence. Yeah. And uh, so it takes him no time in Endgame, <laughs> no time at all to realize exactly what is happening, which I thought was so fucking good because it's a subtle way to show how smart he is. Because only like, you got to think about how smart you have to be to realize what he realized. Like that, yeah, like, yeah. You in the future, you won. Uh, they came back. They're trying to stop what I did from like all, all the, like all the things like he yeah. realizes it so fucking quick. He's like, take her back to my lab. And then he like, when he take it back, he's like, I want to see, he's like, I want to see everything. Yep. It's also, I agree with what you said that it's a subtle way. I, something I enjoy about that is because it is a, a, it's, it's a subtle way of just being, of showing how intelligent this character is without spending, you know, exposition explaining how smart he is. Yeah. Like, and so, so it's something that people could miss. But it, it's nice that it's there. You know what I mean? It's like a small little, like, he's yep. really smart. We're not going to spend fucking 30 minutes explaining how smart he is. Yes. And in, in Infinity War, my favorite Marvel movie, uh, he says the one line in Tony Stark, because, he's you know, Tony Stark is like one of the smartest people on planet Earth. And he says, uh, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Yep. Uh, just to let you know. Like, I just want you to be aware that I am also super intelligent. And it's a curse. And, you know, even... Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, it, it really like it is literally a curse. The more you know, the worse off you are as far as happiness goes. Like that, and this this is me saying this too. Like I agree with that. I think that the more you learn and the more you find out as you live your life, the more knowledge you gain. Um, in general, like the further away from happiness you are. That's just, I mean, that's just my outlook on knowledge in general because <clears throat> things are just so shitty and fucked. <laughs> the more you find out, the more you realize how dire the situation actually is. You're like, holy hell. Like, but yeah, not to get too like all you know off on a tangent, but yes, when he says you're not the only one cursed with knowledge, and then also in Endgame, when he says, like, I want to see everything, and he quickly deduces in a short amount of time, like what exactly happened and how he's going to now stop it. It's really yeah, cool. How he puts he puts his little finger into the plan now. Yeah. He switches out the nebulas. Yep, it's really it's genius. So when they all come back with the stones um, and they actually do the snap, uh, the Hulk does it. The Hulk does the snap and it fucking ruin it. You know, it, it fucks him up pretty badly, which again, like it's just crazy because then the first Daniel snap, I don't really think it like hurt him like that. Like it, it uh, yeah. Cause at the end of infinity war, they show him sitting down and smiling and he's fine. Like he's just fine, but then you know, Endgame when he does the snap that destroyed the stones, that's the one that almost killed him. Yeah. So Thanos, the the Titan that he is, because he's like half Titan, half Eternal. He like the 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 being that he is can actually handle the Infinity Stones, which, as you know, uh, other people in, in in the Marvel movies when they tried to handle Infinity Stones, literally got killed. Yeah, they you you just like a lot of people can't even touch them. Like you cannot yeah. even touch. The power stone or whatever. Like you it watch really, people like disintegrate holding the power stone. Yes, like it literally will kill you to just try to hold a stone if you are not like a celestial or whatever. Like how um, what's the guy, the guardian of the galaxy? Like he's he's like yeah, he's basically half god. His yeah, dad, he's like half. Ego. Yeah. And, Wait, uh, by the way, though, real quick, because you were mentioning how strong and Thanos is. This is a side tangent. I don't know if you remember this. There's a there's an episode of What If that I thought there was a part of it that I thought was so stupid. And it's like Thanos gets beat 
by like his two underlings, like in a different timeline. Oh, and yes, I was like, this yes. shit would not happen. I was like, these yeah. two rando ass yeah. underlings when are not Thanos, beating like, Thanos. He was kind of like a good guy or whatever. Yeah. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing because we're going to get to it, but Thanos, 2014 Thanos was on some shit. Yeah, like, and they had him like go up against his underlings, and I was yes. like, these two, they, they would not beat him. Like, that wouldn't happen. He would not come close to beating him. <laughs> Ebony Maul and the other one. Yeah, like, um, he threw hands with the Hawk and won easy. Like, it wasn't. Ebony, like, zero diff <laughs> Hawk. Zero diff. It was, there was nothing to even, Ebony Maul even said, let him have his fun. Yeah. And we're talking about so, the Hulk, who up until so, this point was an unstoppable force. Like Thanos is OD. I need people to understand. Yeah. So yeah, he switches up the nebulas, and then he finds a way to basically summon himself to the present. And I think it was great. Right after the snap, they show the Hulk, like, on the ground, looking outside, and, you know, other people are noticing that the, the birds are back and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think it worked. And as the, as the Hulk is like looking outside at the sky, you just see these like energy beam things coming down and they just nuke like straight up nuke the entire Avenger fortress. Like they just nuke the yeah. entire thing. It gets and bad so fast. That that part in the movie, I thought that like a couple of them died from that. I'm not going to lie. I, I, and I think that realistically some of them should have died because yeah. it, at least the way they showed it cinematically to us to the viewer it looked like some of them needed to die from that shit first of all it was a sneak attack they didn't even know it was coming mm-hmm. none, of them, none of them did like no one really was able to even brace for it i mean they thought they won like they, they thought it was over yes and so when those blasts came down from that ship and mind you i didn't even remember until i watched it again but like daniels kept thumping on them too like it wasn't like he shot down like two blasts and it blew up the thing he kept shooting <laughs> Like, if you watch that shit again, he keeps blasting the same spot over and over and over again. It Honestly, some of those heroes should not have made it out of that part right there. Like, that part should <laughs> definitely kill. Like, somebody should have got killed from that. And then they would have had to, like, maybe Tony, at the end of the movie, when he snaps and gets rid of Thanos, it would have also brought back some of the people. Yeah, yeah. But, like, some people should have 100... Like, um... War, War Machine, for example, he got caught under some debris and the Hulk had to help him up. And then like Rocket Raccoon also got caught under some debris and yep. he also couldn't move his body. Like th- those two pretty regular, like they're not superpower or anything like that. And, you know, they they could have died. Like they could have died. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thanos comes, he destroys a bunch of shit and, you know, the heroes are like trying to, you know, get themselves together. Uh the Infinity Gauntlet is being run around by a Hawkeye at one point, and then like he runs into some of Thanos's like little minion things or whatever, and then like Gamora and the Nebulas, and there's like a whole thing with them, and then uh, the good Nebula like beats the bad Nebula, and Gamora like comes around and she's realizing that you know Thanos is not good and all this other stuff, and it's like you know she's just, there's the second time she's turning against her dad, so like, a lot of those plot plot lines are coming back, uh, all good stuff. And then Thanos, like, you know, he walks out of his ship and he just takes a seat. I think this is like one of the most badass things <laughs> in the entire MCU. He walks out and sits down and, and somebody asks him, like, hey, like, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to just wait. <laughs> He's like, go get me the Infinity Stones. <laughs> I just think that that is like such a cocky fucking thing to do. 
Um, because when he when he says in the future, like I am inevitable, he must really believe that shit at all times. Like even in For 2014, sure. yep, Thanos clearly believed that like I am really inevitable. Yeah, like this is I'm I'm the sauce. Like <laughs> right? I'm, I'm the fucking sauce. Like I'm not worried in the slightest that someone else is going to get all of the infinity stones, which are literally gathered in one place right now. Yep, they're all here. <laughs> And anyone could get them and anyone could do whatever. But like, I'm so confident that divine providence is on me, that I'm the protagonist here, that I'm <laughs> going to have a seat and run the fade of anybody <laughs> to me. And he runs fades. Yo, I love the fucking the double sword he's got. So, OK, so let's get into it, because that's yo. The, I mean, that is the next part. Like, so Dog, his Thor, weapon, fat Thor, Captain America and Iron Man all show up and then yeah. and this this is also cool because in the um in infinity war thanos is he doesn't really have his armor on like for the most part you don't really see like that thanos kind of walks around yeah. without he's his armor. the jumpsuit yeah he's kind of like he takes his armor off really early in the movie and so he's like he's just he's just like whatever but in endgame thanos has his armor on pretty much the entire time and i really like that because he looks more like the thanos that we know right yeah yeah you ever play marvel superheroes uh, and stuff like that, like the Thanos that you know when you grew up in the comics, stuff, and he looks he looks more like that. And I think that was really cool that we got to see that Thanos, and not just like this this uh, you know whatever like non the the armored Thanos. So when you see him and he has this weapon, I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, I knew he, you know, I I know Thanos is wild. Like I I knew that before I saw Endgame. I knew already from like again, I'm not someone who really reads comics or anything like that, but. I've heard enough about the comics. I know that at one point he does win in one of them and like all that other stuff. So I know that he's the real deal. And when he gets confronted by the three heroes, like Cap, Iron Man, and Thor, um, he beats them so bad that it scared me. <laughs> like when I was in a movie theater, uh, everyone was quiet. But because I'm such a big Thanos fan, when that was happening, like when he was whooping their asses, I was fucking laughing. <laughs> because I, I couldn't believe how much more powerful he was than when no he had zero infinity stones dude he was he's clean a lot of people like to attribute him beating the hulk to like the power stone that he had at the time which i still do not think that that was in play at all um i think that he actually just zero diff the hulk like just base thanos base thanos just zero diff the hulk like i don't think I, I don't think there was like i don't think it, there was a glow or a pulse no, or I, think, I don't think there was either which is a which is a very clear indication in the MCU at least that there, the stone is being used and he did not it was not glowing. So yeah, yeah. that's already been debunked. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, so they like try to attack him and I mean, he just starts off beating their ass. Like it's not even, it doesn't even, it's not even one of those things where like they, they, they're kind of getting off on him. They actually don't hit him at all. in like the first 10 minutes of their fight, like it's yeah, just, for a while, it's actually completely one-sided and it's a little, and he puts Iron Man out the fight real quick. Like he, <laughs> he downs Iron Man so fucking quick he also downs captain america then it's like him and thor and at one point he like has thor's new axe fucking thing and he's like forcing it into thor's chest <laughs> like he is he is ODing on them like he is absolutely bodying all three of them at the same time oh shit so i'm like it's, holy fuck like this guy's whipping just their ass down. i he love um on the on the other side of the coin that I do love when Captain America uh, Captain America gets 
Uh, well, that's Mjolnir. the hypest moment. That's the Dude, when moment. he calls Molnir, and then Thor's like, "I knew you could wield it," and like, yeah. they're popping off, and you got Captain America with the hammer, and the sh- like that shit is so hype. That is the hypest part in the entire. Because they hint that we talked about it, I think, uh, before, but they hint to Captain America being able to lift Molnir, but like he's so worthy of wielding Molnir that he chooses not to wield it, yeah. and then until he absolutely needed to, shit was sick as fuck. That part is insane to me. Um, that's like one of the first hits they actually get on Thanos. Yeah. It's uh, Captain America twirling the fuck out of the hammer. Like it's like, it doesn't weigh anything. And then he like smacks the shit out of Thanos with an uppercut with it. And then he does like a lightning strike on him and shit. And I was like, Oh, he can control the thunder too. Like that's crazy. That's not okay. Yeah. He starts, he starts getting off of Thanos a little bit, but the crazy thing is, man, like it honestly has no effect. Yeah. He's Thanos is a beast, man. Like like, he's such a beast. Like they, He's so outlandishly incredible that he's handling what he's handling. That's why in that one what if episode, I felt like they were disrespecting. It was a bit ridiculous. Yeah, they were disrespecting him. Like it it felt like something I don't like. I feel like I can't think of any examples right now. Maybe you can, but I, I feel like series in general do this outside of Marvel. Anime does it. Shows do it. Where they'll establish somebody as super broken, and then later on. They'll just like use that person as a goalpost. Like they'll beat over him, or like they'll 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 have another character use that character as a feat. And it's like, but that would have never happened. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like they'll just like yeah. Thanos is absurd, and then like they they just kind of used him as a goalpost in what if I yeah. felt like like they just dunked like I feel like every episode Thanos was in, he kind of got dunked on, and I was like, it doesn't make sense because what we saw in game and Infinity War. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's just no shot. Yeah, like not at all. He beat after Captain America controls the the hammer. Um, he still beats him, and he beats him yeah. bad. Like yeah. after he gets the thunder strike thing happen on him or whatever. Um, and again, it has no effect. Like Thanos is not hurt at all after all of this. Like he's not even when you look at so his durability. Thanos's durability is insane. Like his his ability to just take hits. They don't really do anything. Like if you think about the entire Infinity War, the only person to draw blood on him was Iron Man. He did like a, a kick with like the engine turned on and all that shit, and like yeah. he's like all all that for a drop of blood. Like he, <laughs> he, he fought the Hulk, and he's been fighting all day. He's been fucking fighting all day, and the only person to literally damage this man was fucking Iron Man with a kick, and it it it, it all it gave it was a was drop, a drop blood, of blood, baby. And like, yes, at the end of Infinity, where obviously fucking Thor throws his crazy axe down and like it hits him and he's like, you should aim for the head. Like, obviously, yes, he got hit by that. But at that point, Thanos, he's very clearly one of those people that's like, once I accomplish my goals, I don't really care what happens to me after that. Like, that's he's that at least that is consistent throughout these last two movies that he doesn't care about himself once his goal is pretty much accomplished. Like, that's just a very clear consistency with him. That's something I really like, man. I, I we mentioned it earlier, but I do really enjoy when you just see my man fucking gardening in the beginning, yes. like he's just like, he's, he did like, he's content. Like he's achieved, you know, happiness or whatever. Like he truly is content at the end. And he's just like, you know, making some soup or he's whatever. So convinced that he's right. That nothing can waver in him. Like he's, he's convinced that what he is doing is the correct thing to do. He's, and even Nebula said, uh, cause in the beginning of the movie before they kill him, like, how do you know where he is? She's like, I know exactly where he is. He talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool too, is like, you know, just another, uh, I guess, character development and 
consistent with how you said he's a content person. Like he, he's not greedy. He knew exactly what he wanted always. And he never wavered from that. When he accomplished his goal, he didn't keep the fucking infinity gauntlet and then start doing a bunch of nonsense with it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to install himself as the universal emperor. Yes, he had no he interest. Did, he didn't just start wilding out because he could have wilded out. He didn't. <laughs> he could have wilded out hard. He didn't just start wilding out. He actually did exactly what he told Nebula. Yeah. He would always. He's a man of his word, and he mm-hmm. told he did exactly what he said he was going to do. So she knew exactly where he was, and they, you know, that's when they jumped him and everything. He but yeah. snapped his fingers and gave himself forty virgins. But he was like, I'm he could have. He could have done <laughs> so many things. He could have gave himself a house full of dogs. The amount of the amount of degens that out there that would have what they would have done with that gauntlet. Yeah, just live their best life, and and he honestly his life wasn't really that good, like at all, like maybe to him, but like to us, his life is like low. He was on a lonely planet, like he's fucked up, lipping around and shit, like mm-hmm. gardening, and like he it wasn't a good life. Clearly, it was. And for someone who has it all, like you have all the power in the universe, um, it just wasn't the life. So but you could see peace in his eyes, like he oh, was yeah. at peace, which is just he, crazy. No doubt. Oh no doubt, a hundred percent. I agree, a hundred percent. But I, I do really like how after Captain America has his moment, Thanos gets up and picks up his fucking double sided blade thing again, and he fucks Captain America up. He starts beating on his shield, and <laughs> as he's hitting the shield, literally parts of the shield are breaking. I mean, the shield is getting ruined. <laughs> parts of it are going flying in every direction, and to the point where it's not even the shield anymore, and Captain America has to abandon it. Like it's it's no longer it cannot be considered a shield. Yeah, that it's. I want to also because we're jumping all. There's a there's a scene like the scene when they're all together, all the heroes are all fucked up and dirty, and it's like you just see everybody. And and Cap does like the Avengers assemble or whatever. Yeah. Like that scene was sick too. Like having that moment, something about uh, a credit I want to give Endgame. Aside from I guess everything that's in the movie and turn. It's it's just an amazing feat for just like cinematic history to even like what we saw there is fucking crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you go all the way back to the first Avengers, the fact that we got a movie with like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, uh Hawkeye, the Hulk, the Hulk, Black Widow, all on the screen together, like in one shot. Like that on its Doctor own. Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Black Widow. It was amazing. Now going, yeah, going forward to like you had all of Marvel Comics on the screen, like it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a really. I just think it's really cool. I I already gave them gave credit to this, but I'll, I just kind of want to say it again that like what the MCU accomplished in terms of just cinematic history, I, I think deserves some accolades because that shot is amazing. Fucking dirty ass Captain America assembling the Avengers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He gets he gets dogged pretty bad. By Thanos, and I, I'm just gonna so definitely gonna go to the Avengers Assemble scene, but real quick, something that I noticed that I just you know, Thanos comes from wherever okay, wherever the fuck he comes from, uh, the planet Titan and whatever technology they had is very clearly like I mean, leagues and leagues and leagues above what the shit, what, whatever the shit they have on Earth, like all the all the Wakanda technology and all that shit, like Thanos's stuff is. So far past that, because all I kept thinking was that shield is made out of vibranium, right? Yeah, and which is also, yes. which is the OD fucking myth metal. Like it just it's the OD on, on Earth. It is the strongest thing like on Earth, like in the MCU. That is if something is made out of fucking vibranium, it is that is like that is the that is it. 
right? Like that is like the best shit that it could possibly, that is the best thing it could be. So for, for Thanos's weapon, that dual blade thing that we don't know anything about for it to start cutting through that shield like that yeah. really was a bit disturbing to me because the, the sword itself, like the blade itself wasn't getting damaged. Yeah. <laughs> it was a one side. And you know how like hardness works in real life. Like something yeah. has to be like a diamond can pretty much destroy like anything else. And cause it's just like the hardness. Um, and then there's like obviously things that are, you know, also very hard, but like it, there's a scale to it. Thanos, and, basically what you're saying is Thanos' sword had white sharpness. Exactly. That shit had white sharpness. Thanos' sword clearly had white sharpness. <laughs> and that shield clearly had like, I'm going to say green. Because it had to be levels, like like not even just blue. It had to be levels below. The way he was cutting that shit, the way he was slicing up that shield like it was nothing, like a slice of pizza. Like you can you can just tell that it was nothing to him. But yes, after, like you said, dirty ass Captain America, because I think half his mask is like fucked up and shit. Like, after, <laughs> uh, dirty Captain America gets that, that little intercom thing. And uh, this scene actually, I don't know why. I don't know if maybe I was, maybe it's because I was like, I, I myself was dying at the time I was watching it. I literally cried when I watched it again this week. Um, it's very weird because that didn't I didn't feel this at all the first time I watched this movie. When I watched it in theaters with like a ton of people, but for whatever reason, when uh like Doctor Strange and everyone's like on your left, and then you see like the little portal open up, the second Chadwick Bozeman walked out, mm. I immediately started tearing up. Like, I mean, the second he walked out, I literally started crying. And I and yeah. I and I mean like I'm being so serious right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what emotion came over me. I think part of it is because Chadwick actually passed. And like I did, I obviously feel something about that because it really fucking sucks. Um, part of it was that, but then part of it was like this feeling of trying really, really hard to accomplish something, and then having all of these people that you lost come back. It was just really emotional for me in that. I don't know. Like no, it was no, really, I really hundred percent get where you're coming from. I it think was it, so emotional. We talked about this in just various episodes. Uh, as you just as life happens, as you get older, and as you gain more life experience, you nearly dying is a life experience. Yes, and that's something that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. That adds to just things like it changes the way you experience the yeah. rest of your life. Because so, dog, I was crying. Yeah, like I'm not talking about like I wasn't like like if you, you were know. 15. I mean, you said you know even when you watched it. But like fifteen-year-old Fraser, there's not a chance in hell, like they could draw a tear from you. Yeah, for that no. you know what I mean. Like it's, it's just, not possible. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. But now that I've experienced like loss and family and like you know all types of things, right? Like I've been through. We you know everyone's been through a lot. When I watched a scene and it, you know it gets quiet, like it, it's really quiet. Thanos is like looking around and Cap is like confused a little bit. He like looks the wrong way and they're like, "No, you're over left or whatever." And then like the first portal opens up. And like, you know, you see mm-hmm. the fucking Black Black Panther and what are they called? The Dora Milaje or however you say it. They kind of walk out with him. And literally just seeing that, like, I started to, I was like, what is happening to me right now? Like, I was literally thinking, <laughs> as I'm trying to stop myself. And then you see the rest of the portals open up and like Doctor Strange comes out. And then like the rest of every, everyone starts coming out of these portals. And that, that scene is so fucking epic. It's just such an epic scene. It's like, really it good. Is, it is probably the most epic thing I've seen in a movie ever. Like, it's honestly, amazing. Because it's 10 years. Like, you, like you, you talk about this a lot. 
how some of those movies are really bad and I, I, everyone everyone will agree no matter yeah. how much of a marvel fanboy you are some of those movies are just fucking like bad one of the movie. movies ant-man and the wasp i don't know if you are <laughs> oh heard. my god that movie is garbage <laughs> some of the movies are really bad and uh it's all worth it when you watch infinity War yes. game no it really is though i 100 100 it, it agree. justifies literally all of them for for literally if nothing else for just a scene when everyone comes back and Captain America stops and says Avengers assemble that yes. shit you want to talk about epic the like sheer that, scale it's just oh my heart my heart dropped I wiped my tears away I was like oh like like and mind you I am a Thanos fan but in that moment yeah. but this like, is hype you're like oh this is clean yo in that moment I'm not gonna lie I'm on my rewatch I was happy that they were about to like you know fight back like I was because yeah, he, yeah. he was getting off on them like, <laughs> He was done. He was dancing. I usually do like one-sided <laughs> fights. Like I'm a big like I like like I liked watching Pain versus Jiraiya, which is very like one-sided. Yeah. I like you know, I like watching um Devaste Lorde Ichigo versus Ukiyora. You, <laughs> you, you remember me showing that to you, you brought yeah, up yeah. episode. So I, I am a fan of very one-sided fist fights. Like I, I like that shit. Um <laughs> But something about Thanos ODing on them like that was a little bit, it was a bit much. So when they started <laughs> to fight back, I was happy that like, okay, they're going to put up a fight now. And yeah, like the Hulk, he's in his like Hulkbuster suit and stuff like that. It's just, it was cool. It was really, really cool. And, uh, but then even though everyone came back, Thanos' army was just winning again. Yeah. Thanos' army is, it's just, he has so many numbers like he's just got he has numbers so much shit i think it goes back to what i was talking about with the technology thing too right like there's definitely something to be said about uh to to him the people he's fighting are probably they're it's probably outdated he's probably like y'all are using aol and Mm -hmm. i'm literally on some like next 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 level fio shit like they're literally using dial up to him that just on a tech on just a technology basis it's not close so but some of the things uh oh go ahead go ahead my bad there's no, something no, else go, i want to say no because i i was just going to say like i what you're saying and then i i, I guess i was just I, i'm kind of jumping around because i don't remember the exact sequence but i know it's around this time when they start doing like the keep away right yeah, yeah this, is, this, is that, all the this, this is that exact part they do yeah. the infinity the infinity gauntlet is in play and uh Ant, like ant-man ant-man has it and then it ends up with spider-man and then it ends up with black panther yeah, I'm, dude, I love that scene. <laughs> it's very good. And I like when Black Panther starts running really fast because, you know, it's really, you remember in uh, Civil War, mm-hmm. you see like everybody running on the highway next to cars and they're like fucking, they're moving <laughs> so fast. And it kind of reminds you like, holy shit, the, that, that super serum, the super soldier serum is, is like the real deal. <laughs> like, but then obviously you see Black Panther and he is, he is out. Like, when, when this, <laughs> that's the first time you ever see Black Panthers in Civil War. And he, my man is, fucking booking he's out of there um so when you see him dicking it again at the end of endgame it's really cool because it's like well it makes sense they would give it to him because he's one of the fastest people you know at at this point in mcu he's one of the fastest people yeah so uh but there um that seems really cool what did you think about because i've heard mixed reviews i've heard some people say that they absolutely hate this scene because they think it's cringy and i heard other people say i think it's a really cool scene the girl Yeah, yeah the girl like the like all of the fe- all of the women of the MCU, how like they have their scene. Yeah, in their it, I mean, okay, so it is. It, it, that scene is pretty cringe. Yes, because it's forced. I don't really think it was necessary. 
Um, that's that's just how I feel about it. Like, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, in my rewatch, I forgot about it. And then it, when it happened again, like, when I saw it again, I was like, oh, yeah, this was a thing. And I just think it's unnecessary. Because the stakes are so fucking high for everything that's going on in the movie, right? Like, yeah. all I could think about was the stakes. Like, Thanos is so close. I mean, he's so fucking close to getting this gauntlet again and doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So the stakes are as high as they possibly could be. And you could tell everybody's fighting for their fucking life. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, every like Doctor Strange is holding back a fucking ocean. Like he's literally, yeah. literally holding back an entire like fucking ocean from taking over the battlefield and basically ruining it for everybody who's who's human. Um there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I thought I thought that the Iron Man scene with his wife was fucking phenomenal. Mm. Uh, when they're back to back, I think that yeah, that, that shit really was cool. hot. That was one of the coolest fucking things because early in the movie, like the girl, the little girl finds the helmet and he's like, "Oh, I made that as a souvenir for your mom," but she doesn't like the things that I make her. He says something like that, but then yeah. come to find out, she ends up putting on the suit. And I think that scene was fucking amazing. But like forcing all the women to just somehow end up in the same spot at the same time and doing this like. Women empowerment thing. It was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not mad at the scene. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I'm kind of one of those people who's like, I'm indifferent to a lot of shit. Like, you that. just, like, it sounds like, and I think I agree. It just, it's a little, the scene's a little jarring. So, yes. because of, that, it's, yeah, it seems out of place. It just seems it, out of place. I think that it's one of those things where, on one end, you know, they want. It's just, it feels. Mm, let me restart what I'm trying to say. Basically, I don't. I tend to not like when you movies or whatever ends up dating themselves in, in an unintentional way. Right. Like, I think if you just instead shot the movie and you had a really good scene writing in characters with female characters, I think that's better than forcing it to say like, Hey, look, we did a f-. like, instead of saying right. like, Hey, look, look at this cool thing we did. And we forced this like big female scene. If instead you just naturally use your female character, like just, you, like they're they're people. Like women are just people. You don't have to make them a trophy. Yeah, like that's exactly how I feel about so many things. As people, like I just think that that goes for everything. That goes for every. Yeah, like race. I get I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like just like there was all a scene, these people are people. Like you don't have to treat them like trophies. Dog, just treat people like people. That's all if, people want. If there was a scene where Black Panther, uh, Falcon, and War Machine all got together and at that end part of Endgame, if the all three yeah, of them yeah. like came together. And they were like black power or some shit like that. I would have been like, "This is too much." Yeah, like, yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm black, but like, I still don't. I don't need it. I don't know how. I don't know how women feel about it because, you know, representation matters and stuff like that. Like, I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, I don't want to watch movies that are literally just white men. Like, I just don't. Not at all. Um, that's just because that's just not representative of the world. But I think that Marvel, up until that scene, had did a had did a really good job of showing really strong female characters just existing amongst everyone yeah. else. I mean, the like whole movie is only possible because of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel and the sacrifice that black widow made. Yeah. So, so like, I don't, and also Nebula, like, and there's a, you know, there's a, the point Gamora, is, I think Marvel, there's a I lot of the strong thing. female movement moments yes. in the movie. There's plenty of good women stuff that, like it didn't need like they it didn't need an entire uh scene where it's like this is exclusively for the ladies but yeah, yeah. at the same time i guess what i'll say is like devil's advocate and something i literally just popped into my brain it's like okay i guess for like little girls out there right mm-hmm. 
I could see that really mattering to like a little girl who's like watching yeah, this yeah. movie with her dad. Like I could, this is just me playing devil's advocate because I don't have children and I don't fucking know what it's like to have a daughter or anything like that. But I'm just trying to see it from a different perspective than my own because my perspective is like it's unnecessary. But yeah. like to a little girl who probably, if she's watched all the movies with her dad, her dad's like, we're going to watch all the movies that we're going to watch Infinity War and Game together, right? Uh, most of those movies obviously are very heavily male centered, especially the yeah, early yeah. ones because that's just what was selling. Like, in fact, Black Widow didn't... I don't think any of them... I mean, yeah, to be fair, I don't really think any of the movies really have a female lead. That's what I'm saying. Black Widow didn't get a movie until she died. Yeah, yeah. Like, her movie came out after she she's dead, and it's, it's like a prequel, obviously, because she's fucking yeah. dead in the MCU, and Captain Marvel didn't get a movie until after Infinity War. So, yeah. it's it's very clear that something shifted at at Disney and Marvel Studios, where they were like, you know what? We are we need to like include our women characters more. And I am mm-hmm. fi- I'm definitely down with that. Obviously there's they're like, you know, Black Widow stuff. They're they're in Guardians of the Galaxy, they're in all of the movies and stuff like that, but um they're not the main focus. Men are typically the main focus. So from that yeah. perspective I get it, but the scene is no less cringe to me an adult. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it, Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the scene, yeah. I mean, in general, I just want just make more. I guess what like one good thing is like you had that scene because what would be really corny and performative is a word that uh, Ant likes to use. Is if they yeah. had that scene, but then went forward and didn't really change anything. I do like that going forward. We have had more female focused, female lead show. Like yes. Wanda WandaVision female lead. You know, you got the Black Widow movie. Like yep. you, you have that, and then going forward, they're showing that they're not just being performative. They actually are. Yes, it was just like the, the beginning. It was the beginning of it. Yeah. Uh, that said, know. politics aside, I do also kind of think if you if you ignore whether or not you think it's cringe, I think this scene does kind of look cool. You know, I grew up watching Shonen's. I do like just a collection of characters coming together. Like, there's a part where I think the wasp, like, she like unshrinks and she like cracks her knuckles or whatever. Like, yeah. they're them all like that like march like the, that straw hat strut. I like you yeah. know what I mean. Like when when you have a group of characters come together to do something like. It yeah, always get I, fucking hyped. Trust that. me, I love. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Um, I can speak to a little bit of that too. Like uh, in One Piece, when all the Shichibukai and stuff are meeting together. Yeah. Uh, I also think that this is like obviously this is very early in One Piece now, considering that we're over a thousand chapters. But like, there's also another scene in One Piece pretty early on where the world government is coming together. Like those fucking old men who all like they all look to me they all look cool as shit. The five oh, elder stars. They they look so fucking cool to me. And when you see them in that room together, those chapters like make me hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, because they're always they're always after an arc. Like there's mm-hmm. you know, a crazy arc will happen, and then they will say at Mary Joa or like at yeah. Marine Ford or it's at like, Meanwhile, and you're like, meanwhile, what the fuck? Meanwhile, somewhere else in the world, and it'll be like these fucking insane characters all meeting together, and they'll just show all of them. Even when Blackbeard was first shown, pretty much. Yep. When, that one panel before Skypie where they show Blackbeard and all his pirates, and it's like a in the, in the manga, because again, I, I read One Piece, I didn't really watch it. In the manga, there's like this, it's a two-page panel, and it's just all of his crew and all their names. And leading up to that, you had multiple chapters where you're meeting these random characters and you don't know who they are. Yep. And you're just meeting them in, in these odd situations. And then you see them all come together as it, Blackbeard's crew. It looks so fucking... I, that's one of my... Honestly, I remember it so vividly. That's one of my favorite panels in all yeah. of the One Piece manga. It's just seeing the black the Blackbeard pirates uh, and that two-page spread. It's so yep. cool looking. 
It really so, is. So, so I, yeah. I, like, I on that note, agree. Like I thought the scene, like on that note, the scene is pretty cool there. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, the scene's cool. It's just that you know, I guess in general, like, you know, we, we've talked it over, but yeah, I mean, it, it can feel a little cringe. And I just, I like when you just, t- just treat people like treat people, right? Yes. Well done just, characters. Just normalize. Yeah. And it's just characters. normalized. Exactly. Yeah. But you don't have to, you don't have to make it a thing if it's just already a thing. Yes. That, like again, you know? if there was a scene where Falcon, Black Panther, the Dora Milaje, and War Machine, like if they, if they all just, <laughs> if they all just somehow on the battlefield and all that chaos ended up together and was like, you know, Wakanda forever or some shit. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what they would all say together because it would have to be like Black Power. So it would be, to me, because yeah, yeah. the scene would technically be made for me, it would be a fucking cringe scene. The yeah. female empowerment scene is not made for me. So like when I'm watching, it's just kind of like, okay. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. But, it's, but it's also, again, it's not for me. Like I said, it's for the little girls out there who want to see and need to see representation in this movie. So, but yeah. Yeah, it is we, cool. we, we Yeah, we both we both feel the same way about it. Um, another cool thing though, and just like to start to wrap this up. Uh, so they try to play keep away with Thanos, but <laughs> he, um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he could be stopped. Uh, he ends up getting the gauntlet anyway, and he has this little scuffle or kerfluffle with uh, Captain Marvel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was cool because before he even gets the stones, she tries to like run up on him, and he hits this fucking he hits the shit out of her. <laughs> he hits her away real far on some like I don't even know who you're supposed to be vibe, like it's. <laughs> Like he's he has no idea that this character is like outrageously stronger. Like the way he hits her is such a like um like a pest. Like like just like mm-hmm. I don't have time for any of you random fucking heroes. I'm on a mission and my mission is right here and I got the gauntlet. So he like smacks her away real quick and then he gets the gauntlet. He's like putting it on and then she comes back with and she's like all glowing and shit now. Yeah. And now she's like more powerful than him. Very clearly she's like beating him. He's starting to uh, fold, and he like takes the gauntlet takes the stone like takes the power stone out of it yeah he literally squeezes it in one hand raw with no gauntlet so like you know that kills people um he like squeezes it in one hand and punches her and that puts (laughs) her down for pretty much the rest of the movie that scene i love that i loved when he like pulls it out of one arm i love that scene he pulls that power stone out and puts it in the other hand and punches her because he's like oh she's strong like she's stronger than me clearly which is saying a lot too because I remember when the Hulk had his hands around Thanos' neck and and he started to slowly move his hands mm-hmm. from around his neck. And it was such a like a calm, but I'm very much way more powerful than you vibe. So like when he's clearly losing in power to uh, Captain Marvel, it comes as a shock to probably him as well because he just smacked her away and she, like she was nothing and now she's back and she's like way stronger. Yeah, she went Super Saiyan. She went Super Saiyan. And he's kind of like, okay, but Thanos being that in this again, he's so fucking smart. And I love that the writers and the directors, like they showed that in these really cool ways, how smart he is. He just takes a stone out and yeah. like, and just, and just like, okay, like your strength is nothing to the stones though. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't matter that you're stronger than me. Like that never mattered. So yeah, he just punches her away. And then like he fights for the gauntlet again and he's putting it on all the stones are in it. And then Iron Man comes out of fucking a monkey. He just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Iron Man comes out of nowhere. He like latches onto the arm, and Thanos is like, "What the fuck? Like get back, like get out of here!" And like again, Thanos does the typical like get the fuck away. 
And then he goes to snap. And nothing happens. Nothing happens and it's quiet. And then he like snaps and then he looks at the, he like turns the glove and looks at his hand and all the stones are gone. And right before he snaps, he says, I am inevitable. Yep. And uh, he looks over and Iron Man is like on the ground and he's like, and I, I am Iron Man. And he snaps and like, you know, you know, you know the rest. You know the Everybody, rest. I think Thanos is so strong that even after uh, the snap, I noticed that everyone else dies. And then he like literally watches everyone die, like all yeah. his crew, everybody. And then he sits down again and chills and like still no effect yet. And then eventually he like fades away, but it takes a while. I just thought that was so cool and so interesting how like, you know, obviously it's intentional, but like he was the last one to go. And uh, yeah, it was very, very good ending. Like very, um, like an amazing ending. Very strong, emotional. And I think just uh, to kind of talk about like the the accolades of the, the whole thing the, I like, I do really like, because Iron Man is what started the Marvel Universe ending it with like the I am Iron Man and him mm-hmm. doing the thing. And then also him dying. It was, uh, it was really cool. Also like pretty emotional. And then obviously the whole like epilogue to the movie. Yep. The um, funeral for Iron Man. And yeah. Yeah. That, it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was overall. Like I, I realized like, okay, I actually genuinely like this movie and I do think it's worth, like obviously it's worth watching, but I do think it's worth rewatching. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, my, my take on it is just very different than what I thought it, like what I thought it was going to be. Like, I was almost dreading the rewatch. Like, I honestly was like, God damn it. This is going to yeah. be so hard. And I looked at it, it was three hours and 12 minutes. I was like, Oh my God, it's going to be hard. And me, I'm one of those people who, um, especially when it comes to podcast content, uh, I, when I say I'm going to like watch something, I don't do it with my phone in my hand. Like I don't do it scrolling Instagram or what, like scrolling Facebook. I genuinely, as you and you guys can, yeah, you gotta pay tell, attention. Yeah, you guys can probably tell from how detailed I am in my descriptions. And I'm not reading off of anything, by the way. Like I have notes and stuff on the side. I didn't even use them this entire episode. But like I'm not reading off anything. I genuinely because I watched it and I literally watched every single scene and like mm-hmm. made sure I was like watching it to really watch it. I remember vividly like the scenes that I watched because I wasn't just like listening to the characters speak and saying like, oh, I already saw this movie. I'll just scroll Instagram and like watch it at the same time. Like I don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I actually yeah. genuinely watched it. And it is, I can say like without a shadow of a doubt, it is a phenomenal movie. So yeah, it's, it's really good. I um I'm excited for, you know, five years from now or whatever, when I decide to watch them again, yeah. I would definitely watch just infinity war and end game back to back. Um, yeah. Because I, since I already watched them all, like I don't feel the need to have to watch like yeah, I don't, all of the middle movies and shit. I'll tell you right um, now, I'm just not going to. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, like, I'll watch Winter Soldier again because I think that movie was yeah. amazing. Um, I will watch Civil War again. Like, there's some of them that I will watch. Yeah, Black for sure. Like, obviously, um, there's some of the movies that are like really they hold up. But like better. Thor: Dark World, that movie is big trash. I think that's like considered the worst one. Uh, one of yeah. the like one of the early Hulk movies, really bad. Um, Iron Man 2, I think it, I forget one of the Iron Man's is like god awful. Mm. Um, so there, there's some, there's some like, yeah, bad shit in there that I'll never watch again. But like seeing it, you know, watching all of them at least once is is, is 100% worth it, even like, uh, like I said, Thor Dark World. Um, yeah, what you will give Ant Man and the Wasp, you know, uh, yeah, you give it one watch, uh, at least like you said, just to see the end credit scene at the very least. And I guess to understand a little bit about what the quantum zone is, where you know time doesn't pass the same way in a quantum zone, because like they said, five years pass. He's like, for me, it was like five hours. 
Yeah. But like outside of that, I don't need to go back and watch that movie. Like I don't, I don't No, you that. don't. Unless you unless you want to have a bad movie night and get a good laugh, because that movie is fucking hilarious at how bad it is. Yeah. Like, that movie makes no fucking sense. There's like randomly like some gangsters that are trying to do shit and they don't do anything. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like it's just Oh man. It's really bad. I mean, like I've ahead. seen some bad movies. Like I don't know if you guys a hundred I'm I don't know a hundred percent nobody has ever heard of this movie. It's called The Oregonian. And a friend of mine showed it to me. The Oregonian is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. If you watch it, I'm just warning you, it's fucking terrible. But if you get like 10 friends together for a bad movie night, it's worth it. Ant-Man and the Wasp is <clears throat> basically Oregonian tier, in my opinion. Like, it is so bad. It's really fucking awful. Yeah. So, um, so is Store Dark World. Yes. So is Monster Hunter, the movie. Um, not, oh the Netflix, not the Netflix one that's all CG, because that movie's actually legit. And wait, did that I, movie come out already? Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like an hour watch. I think it's only like an hour, maybe a I little over an hour. It came out. It's called like Legends of the Guild. Uh, you should watch it because what the coolest thing about it to me, it's literally the Monster Hunter video games in CG. They reference That's sick. They reference everything. Dog, like, I didn't even know that came out yet. I thought that was still coming out. Yeah, no, Legends of the Guild. Um, it is out and it is actually like hundred percent worth a watch. Like I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I think it's only an hour long. So like you will, but it's very. In like two weeks, Cowboy Bebop comes out. So it's funny you say that. Uh, what I've been doing with my day before we re- had to record is I actually started watching the Cowboy Bebop anime because, and I'm sad to say this, but I've actually never seen Cowboy Bebop before. Oh shit! I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. So it's and I, so good. And it's pretty short from what I understand as well. Like, it's it's 26 long. episodes. So I decided this morning that I would start watching Cowboy Bebop. And like I was watching the episode where um, Faye also, Valentine. You can watch it. I don't know if you're watching English or Japanese, but you can watch it in English. The I'm watching it in English. I actually yeah. am not watching it dubbed. And I, you guys, if you know me, you know I'm a big dub person. Like I'm very, I'm very much a dub guy, but... No sub guy, uh, you're a sub guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big sub. Sorry, I'm a big sub guy. I'm very uh, hard on people who watch dub anime, but there are exceptions like Soul Eater. I think it's perfectly fine in English. Um, certain certain Yu Yu show out because I probably because I grew up with it, uh, but I, I can watch that in English. Dragon Ball obviously English, um, Sailor Moon English, like a lot of the stuff that I grew up watching, Gundam Wing, Tenchi Muyo, stuff like that. I can watch Pokemon. Like I can watch all of that in English and it's it's fine. Cowboy Bebop. So I never actually watched Cowboy Bebop from start to finish. But my best friend at the time, who's like three years older than me, when we were younger, he would always watch Cowboy Bebop. And I would take that time to just like grind Pokemon or something in the same. Yeah. Like I would be in the room, I would turn my volume down while he's watching it, and I was just like playing Pokemon or something. But I would like, because he watched in English, I would also just be overhearing it and everything like that and it was fine so i was like you know what i'm actually not going to watch this subbed and it's also just easier for me to digest watching it in english i do have subtitles on though because I, I like to see the differences and i'm going to be honest um there's a like the the subtitles and the i'm watching it on netflix just you know to let everybody know i'm watching Cowboy bebop on netflix the subtitles and the english dub are so different like as I'm actively listening to what's coming out of the English voice actors, like what they're saying, and then I'm looking down at the bottom of the screen, it's just different. Like it's very, yeah. very different to the point where I'm like, damn, I don't know if I will be getting the exact same interpretation if I watch this dub. It's very weird. Like 
said, in terms of Cowboy Bebop, I've actually never watched it in Japanese. I've watched it a bunch of times, but I, every time I've always watched it in English. Yeah, so I'm watching it in English, and uh, it's good. It's good so far. Like, I'm, I'm not very far in, but... Um, I'm I'm I've never suggested it to you, because I just... I guess I just assumed... It's one of those animated... That, it's one of those anime that people definitely do assume that pretty much everyone, especially from people from my era, right? Like, yeah, that generation where we grew up on Toonami and uh, Adult Swim and all that stuff and like nocturnal emissions and all that. Like it, it is definitely uh, something that people would have watched back then. But I, at the age that I was, when I remember my friend, my, like my best friend, Eric was watching it. I just wasn't interested at all. Like at yeah. all. Um, I'm super excited. We should do an episode. We should not do whenever you finish Cowboy Bebop. I don't want to do an episode. I want to like after it comes out on Netflix and like, I won't talk to you about what your thoughts on, on the anime are at all. Like when it comes out on Netflix, we can talk about the anime and the Netflix show at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. If you want. No, I do want to do that. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm watching it for the purpose of talking about it on a podcast. Cause it's one of those iconic anime that, um, we need to talk about anyway. So I'm watching it for the purpose of like, I do want to speak about it on the podcast at some point. So I figure I need to watch it and I need to like refresh myself on Yu Haka show. I need to refresh myself on my favorite anime of all time. Death Note. I need to refresh myself on Code Geass. There's a lot of anime that I oh, really I love, but I, I haven't seen them. In a long yeah. Time. yeah. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to fully rewatch them either. I think I'm cause like, there's such good YouTube content out there nowadays. Like, yo, when we did the One Piece episode, I was like I told you, I was able to find a video that was like the entire story of One Piece, like obviously not literally, but like the entire chronology is what it was of One Piece. Mm-hmm. And I was able to fill in the gaps with my own memories. Like, oh yeah, they do go here and then they, yeah, and, yeah. and then so like when a guy's going through it, like my own memories like, oh yeah, I forgot about this, but now that you brought it up, everything's coming back to me. Like yes, Robin, Robin did beg for her life. Like I for, I forgot that part like because that's it's just one of my so, favorite scenes so, so much that happens but i forgot that that happens like as crazy as it is to say but like one piece has so many iconic epic moments that it does you know i'm sorry if i forgot one out of a hundred insane yeah, you can't remember them all yeah like literally there's some shit like yeah it's so yeah there's just so many so um but those but, but my point was like there's so many good youtube channels now dedicated to everything like literally there's a YouTube channel for everything and you will be able to find one for Kogias. You'll be able to find one for everything. So like I'm going to find a YouTube channel that's going to give me a nice refresher on um, some of the anime, like Yu Yu show stuff like that, just to give me like the skeleton of it. And then I can fill in cause I already know, like I've seen it all, but like I need to be able to have it filled in for me so I can fill it in myself, just the skeleton yep. of the anime. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. But uh, all right, well, this wraps up episode 28 of the I'm There podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We are trying to get back on track here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, write into I am there podcast at gmail.com if you want us to read anything aloud on the show. Let us know what you guys think about Avengers Endgame and in general where the MCU is going. I plan to see Eternals this week when it comes out. Um, very excited I'll see about it that. Whenever it gets added to Disney Plus. Yes, you'll see Eternals when it gets added to Disney Plus uh what else is there yeah um we already gave a shout out to the patrons but shout out to you guys again on patreon at i am their podcast and we also have our youtube channel i am their podcast as well so yeah subscribe to us on there uh we also dropped a podcast on there after a couple days and yeah if you guys want to see like full video versions of these podcasts they are available on our patreon to people That's who subscribe right. at the, i'm actually uh, tonight 
right now the Patreon on the Patreon just life happens and things happens. Uh a couple there there's a couple episodes behind on the Patreon, but I'm literally uploading them all tonight. I before the podcast today, I was prepping them, so they're pretty much all gonna get uploaded tonight. Yeah. But yeah, we have full video versions of all the episodes on our Patreon, and uh yeah, you guys can check that out. But um as I always say, like you know, do the things that make you happy. Mm. And yeah, Kenny, anything? Um uh well mm, <laughs> I hope you guys pulled some very philosophical content out of my ums and ums. There you go. All right, peace. Thank you.